at my tech job back in the 90s, um, we had an office party where my, my office, we hired a mesmerist, a, you know, a hypnotist to come and to our annual office party. I was familiar with some of the, uh, the history of Dr. Franz Mesmer. Is that a name that, that resonates with anybody, Franz Mesmer? Okay, yeah, so we, it's where we get the word mesmerized from. It was from him, it was from his, his work. And this was back around, right around the time of the American Revolution. And Franz Mesmer lived in Vienna, Vienna Austria. And Mozart, he knew Mozart, um, I don't know if he called them friends, but Mozart actually included him in the opera Cosi Fantuti. So if you know that opera, Mesmer's name is mentioned in that, in that, in that opera. Anyway, he worked with the Munich Academy of Sciences. Science, sciences. He was a, a physician. And Mesmer claimed to be working on a technique to channel what he, an, an energy that he called animal magnetism and using that energy to heal people. And so he taught about this and then he went to Paris and he opened up a medical practice to use his technique which became known as mesmerism to teach that technique to other physicians. And so there was this whole generation of people who were known as mesmerists. They were energy healers. And so the office party. I was curious. Was, was there anything actually to this? And so I volunteered to be one of, one of the test subjects at the, at the office party. So I was one of four people, and we got seated in, uh, in seats to be mesmerized that evening. Now, what Franz Mesmer called animal magnetism is often referred to as qi in traditional Chinese medicine, or the idea is that, that there is there is this spiritual energy that exists, and it's not electromagnetism. There is a, a different kind of energy altogether that exists. King Louis XVI, he actually employed Benjamin Franklin, who most of us know, you remember the kite and electricity. Benjamin Franklin was one of the early people to come up with the idea that became known as electromagnetism, but he actually worked with Benjamin Franklin and others who were in France at the time to investigate if they could, in the same way, show that electromagnetic energy existed, that they could also show that animal magnetism, this other type of spiritual energy, existed. And the effort to this day continues to demonstrate the existence of this spiritual energy that Mesmer called animal magnetism. I said, the, the Chinese, they, they refer to this for centuries, they call it qi. In Star Wars, it's the force. And Christians, we call it Holy Spirit. Our, our, Jewish, our Jewish cousins would call it ruah. We all have different names for it, but it is this spiritual energy that surrounds us. A swarm of people were following Jesus, crowding in on him. A woman was there who had been bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a lot under the care of many doctors and had spent everything she had without getting any better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Because she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately and she sensed in her body that her illness had been healed. 
At that very moment, Jesus recognized that energy had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and he said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, Don't you see the crowd pressing against you? And yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus looked carefully around to see who had done it. The woman, full of fear and trembling, came forward. Knowing what had happened to her, she fell down in front of Jesus and told him the whole truth. He responded, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. As the story goes, Jesus felt energy leave his body. This is not a new concept. This religion has had it with us forever. It's this power of miracles of spiritual connection. Yet it's not something that we can easily explain or that we can demonstrate. So often, I, I think we, I know I feel this way, we kind of avoid talking, but we talk around it a little bit, or talk like maybe we, we, we can't prove it, so we, we don't want to talk about it directly. This last week, Tuesday, very exciting thing in, in the Roberts household, Tuesday, I get to fold clothes. And so I came home and I was folding clothes. And, you know, so when I'm folding clothes, I, I will turn, I'll turn some music on. And so I thought, you know, I, I haven't listened to music by Kevin Locke. He, Kevin is uh, he's a Lakota mu- musician that I grew up in North Dakota. And I grew up going to concerts where he would play. And I hadn't listened to his music for a long time. So I had Siri play some, I had Siri play some Kevin Locke music. The next day... I read in the newspaper that Kevin Locke had died at exactly the same time that I had started folding clothes and listening to his music. Spiritual connection? When things like this happen to me, I don't often say anything. And, I, and, I, and, and it's not like in Star Wars when they use the Force and there's the background music and all that, so you know that the Force is being used. There's no music. There's no tingling, and yet I know it happens sometimes. And I, I, often I don't even know that it's happened until later. I don't control the spirit, so I can't use it. Anyway, back here in the United States, back in 1843, there was a, a teenager who was living in Poughkeepsie, New York, and his name was Andrew Jackson Davis. He was born right at the time that Andrew Jackson was president, so they named him that. And he went with one of his teenage friends. They went to a mesmerist because they were curious. Was there anything to this? And Andrew's experience was like mine. Nothing happened. And Andrew left disappointed. Now, Andrew was a young person. He worked as a shoemaker's apprentice, and he had a very minimal education, could barely read. And he was known by the people around him at the time. He was open and honest and was friendly and reliable. The person he worked for spoke really highly of him. He was a good guy, but nothing remarkable. And a few days after this failed mesmerism, he met a guy named William Livingston, who was living in Poughkeepsie at the time, 
And William was a tailor, and he said, you know, I think that, that guy that, that, and he had gone to the same mesmerist, he said, I, I don't think that that guy was really all that special. William believed that he might even have a greater ability to do this kind of thing. So he invited Andrew and some of their friends to come together, and they were going to do an experiment to try to mesmerize Andrew again. What happened was recorded as being kind of amazing. Andrew described sensations. He described an incredible amount of pain that he felt. He said it almost felt like he was dying. And then for a matter of minutes after that, Andrew displayed abilities. They touched a newspaper to his forehead, and he was able to read from the newspaper. People in the room would set clocks, or watches, watches rather, to different times, and he was reported to being able to know what time they had set their watches to. They repeated the experiment many times in front of various groups. They took the show on the road, in fact. They took it around New York, and Andrew's ability seemed to grow and as he learned to channel this energy. And he was credited then with also the ability to heal people by touch. Now, the newspapers at the time, which we still have, of course, the newspapers in New York at the time reported on all of this. And as you can imagine, there was a mix of wonder and of ridicule. The Apostle Paul once wrote, I'll move on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven 14 years ago. I don't know whether, whether it was in the body or out of the body. God knows. I know that this man was caught up into paradise and that he heard unspeakable words that were things no one is allowed to repeat. I don't know whether it was in the body or apart from the body. God knows. Followers of Jesus, like all religions, have had unexplainable spiritual experiences. Andrew Jackson Davis came to believe that his abilities came from, uh, from having an ability to communicate with those who had died. A practice that, I'm going to just be really clear about it, a practice that is prohibited by both the Christian and the Hebrew scriptures. It wasn't prohibited because it wasn't said to work, but because of the dangers. And we're going to get into that in the weeks to come. We're going to be talking, during the course of this series, we're going to be ending um, our series on the day before, the day we call All Hallows' Eve. Halloween. Which is the day that always precedes All Saints' Day which is a day where we remember the spirits of those who have gone before. And I, I hope you'll connect for these. Now, the genesis of this series comes from the book that our own Jim Cosgrove wrote. How many of you read his book, Ripple, this year? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of us have read his book. So Jim wrote this book that tells the story about how when he was a young reporter, he was compelled by a vision of the ghost of Frank McGonigal, and that's the family that used to own McGonagall's meat store here, just a few blocks away from here. The McGonagall's, their son, died in 1981, Frank. And Jim had a vision of Frank's ghost coming to, back to him and telling him to solve the mystery. 
of what happened. This led Jim to go on an amazing adventure of an investigation, and he, Jim hit all of the same walls that had stymied the police on this case. He'd gone out to South Carolina where the murder had taken place, and he met Carol. Carol, and she, Carol, she would not use the term psychic. She calls herself an energy reader. And it is with her help to read spiritual energies that Jim solves although not officially on the police books, Jim solves and comes face to face with the man who murdered Frank McGonigal. It's a great story. So Jim put me in touch with Carol, this woman that he worked with. And so I interviewed Carol on the phone. And, and she was raised in a more conservative Christian tradition in the South. And she told me that really this ability, she's had this since she was a child, but as she's got older, she just can't, it's less potent than it was when she was younger. Now, unlike Andrew, Andrew, uh, Andrew Jackson Davis, she never made any money from her ability because she actually, she, she felt that God had given her this ability to read energies out of a ministry to help people. She's worked with the FBI on cases. It's an ability that has gotten her kicked out of churches. So I was curious, and she, she was telling me about how she would use crystals sometimes to amplify and understand spiritual energy. And I'm going to tell you, once again, my skepticism was like, okay, say more about the crystal thing. Now, you can tell crystals, if you're a Star Wars fan, kyber crystals, they channel force energy. All of this idea is not just, is not just new agey, it's with us everywhere. It's part of the stone medicine, stone medicine of Taoism. And there are people, just kids in our church, that work with crystals. And so I've been very curious, and I've been asking people about the experiences they've had, and they've shared those with me. Aaron will carry the names of Israel's sons on the chest pendant for making decisions over his heart when he goes into the sanctuary as a reminder before the Lord at all times. Put into the chest pendant used for making decisions, the Urim and the Thummim, so that they will be over Aaron's heart when he goes into the Lord's presence. In this way, Aaron will carry the means to make decisions for the Israelites over his heart when in the Lord's presence at all times. So this is a description of the robes that the high priest of Israel wrote, wore, wore. And there were two stones, two crystals that were in the center called the Umim and the Thummim. And they were surrounded by, by gems that represented the 12 houses of Israel. And kings, kings would go to the, come to the high priest to consult the priest by use of crystals because they were thought to channel God's instruction to the high priest. This was happening thousands for hundreds of years, again, thousands of years ago, and all of this is right in our scriptures. I, and I asked this at the 830 service today, too. How many of you knew this? Wow, okay. Few. It's not something we talk a lot about, but it's been there the whole time. So what does it all mean? I guess what I want you to take today is to stay open to the possibilities 
that there is more going on in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy, in your theology. There's a temptation to think that we understand far more about the universe than we actually do. Spiritual power. Although we cannot yet, maybe someday we will, detect it or we can definitely not control it. It's real. 